0: Team and tame and tame again. Crank up the music! Charger glass! This
1: nation is going to dance all night! The do's and don'ts of popular football chant, You're Just a Shit Player X. Greece and Britain locked in talks over shock archaeological swap deal. Did it really just have to be Ivan Tony? How many points equal being cut adrift at the bottom? How many gears can a team's performance have? And the eternal caretaker versus interim debate rears its ugly head once again. Brought to your ears by The Athletic, this is Football Clichés. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 114 of the Football Clichés podcast. I'm Adam Hurry and with me once again, is Charlie Eccleshire. How are you?
2: I'm good. How are you, Adam?
1: Very well, thank you. Um, Antonio Conte's Touchline Theatrics after mm. the uh, the win against Leeds on Sunday. I know. I realise this is very much his brand, but it, is it too early to be trying to make that sort of connection with the crowd or, or, or is it deliberately artificial? I mean, he was quite honest about it afterwards, wasn't he?
2: Well, I think he, uh, he says he has this passion and you either have it or you don't. And he does. I mean, my mind went back to the clock getting the players to all link arms and go and salute the Mm. Liverpool crowd after a 2-2 draw with West Brom, which people, you know, at the time thought was a bit mad. Um, And that was only a couple of months into his time there. So I think you want to um, stamp your authority early and show show what you're about. So, yeah, I mean, it, it means he's... It'll be tough for him to top that as the weeks and months and years go on. But um, he certainly set a stall out early, yeah.
1: Yeah, and elsewhere at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, some very curious scenes before the game. It emerged or it appeared that Conte had designated some staff to go and trim the technical area grass.
2: Yeah, so this... All all I could think of when I saw this was that this needs to go in the long read either way. Yes. Because either Spurs win something and it's the even the grass he he wouldn't let lie he had that was his attention to detail and of course if he's sacked early on then it's the kind of he just micromanaged too much. I mean, <laughs> even even the grass, he couldn't. He couldn't one of your sources be. will
1: be one of those people on their hands and knees. Exactly, yeah, yeah. The, uh, yeah. What R- out to be artificial <laughs> turf that doesn't actually grow. Um, but yeah. Even so though, I look forward
2: the- to post-rationalising it either way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Alongside you to pick through the weekend's talking points is David Walker. How's it going? Very good. Were you at Vicarage Road on Saturday evening?
3: I wasn't, no. For the second time this season... I found myself in a, a cottage in the countryside with some friends for a, for a, a weekend away whilst Watford were completing uh, an astonishingly unlikely massive win. Uh, so I missed the Everton 5-2 game and then, and then this one. So long story that I won't bore you with, I was there because we were celebrating Thanksgiving because... <laughs> One of my friend's wives is American, she's over here, so we do that, and that was good fun. But I was worrying the whole time ahead of it, thinking, because dinner was slated for 3 p.m., Right. Yeah. So I was always thinking, like, how am I going to deal with this? Am I going to watch it on my phone, under the table, notifications? You know, you need, there needs Big to be old some... dinners, Thanksgiving yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly. I needed to be aware of the, <laughs> off the, off of the now, temperature well, in the room. Um... Yeah, exactly. But as these things so often do, dinner took longer to cook than we, when we thought. Mm, it enabled oh, me good. to watch the first half. Um, I watched it on a Portuguese stream, which was... <laughs> which was entertaining. Their pronunciation of uh, Craig Kithkat <laughs> was uh was particularly fun. Um wow. but then settled, you know, watched the first half brilliant, all going well, but then I had to watch this I had to turn it off for the second half. So I was receiving the, the notifications on my phone. Oh, man. And I, when when Donny Van der Beek scored early on, I'm thinking, well, just put the phone down. Just eat, forget about it. It was going to be torture." But then obviously Chaos ensued. Maguire sent off. Late mm. goals. Tremendous. I did a toast. I did a toast to Claudio at, at the table. Did you not sing? You're getting
1: sacked in the morning uh, at the table to nobody in particular. <laughs> I, I didn't go that far, no. Oh. But he, but he was. He was a Solskjaer Was in fact sacked in the morning. Um, Indeed. Would have been. Would have been tidy if you had sung it. Did we? Have we?
2: Or has it been analyzed the extent to which this game had everything well i mean which key i i like did it the have?
1: fact that it had a retaken penalty and both yeah. were saved that yeah, really that's elevates
2: pr- that's pretty spectacular a red card a manager i mean i don't know if it, a manager being sacked the following morning is intrinsic to the game but no, certainly i would it, say no but a big but a big team getting yeah. beaten well mm-hmm. it it's just not had everything it had a it lot it just
1: had
3: narrative
2: pouring yeah, out of every yeah. Every poor, <laughs> didn't it? In terms of
3: the players that got sent off, Maguire, you know, hapless mm. Maguire is sort of having a tough time. Van der Beek scoring off the bench, uh, even even down to a micro level. And Wat- Watford land, Jao Pedro scored two weeks after he lost his father, and it was a big moment. Yeah, and we, you know, it's everything that happened had some had some wider sort of implication. It, I, it absolutely enough? had everything. Was
1: it angsty um, enough? Were there were though? Were there? No,
3: maybe not. Maybe that's one of the only things that was that was missing. But I mean, it was as close as you can get, I think, pretty much to having everything. Well, maybe
1: this episode of Football Clichés has everything because we've got so many bases to cover in episode 114. Let's kick off with this one. Very familiar territory for us all. This is via Gole. Who has offered some textbook bargain hunt chat from last week? I can
3: see where the Art Deco term comes from. It has got that angular look, hasn't yeah, it? It
2: certainly has. Estimate? Um, modest, I'm afraid. Just because there's too many of them around, yeah.
0: it's 20 to 30 pounds from me. Well, they went out and paid 40 pounds for it. So, are you going to be on the podium today? Uh, for my sins. <laughs> okay. Good luck. Thank
1: you. <laughs> Do you know what, um, Charlie? <laughs> You know, at first I thought, this is really, you know, textbook use of daytime TV for my sins. But I thought, actually, no, not really, because he just says mm. it and that's it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just yeah, yeah. It
2: in. yeah. it's quite a weird usage of
1: it. <laughs> Almost, like <laughs> he was doing it in for the purposes of getting on the Football Clichés podcast, Dave.
3: That's, that was my, my first thought. They're doing it deliberately now, aren't they, surely? The antiques world has cottoned on. Yeah. So what we're doing,
1: a, a narrative slightly undermined by the fact that this was an episode uh, aired in 2019, but still, <laughs> but still, good forethought. They knew deep generation. down, they knew. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But anyway, solid start this week on players desperate to return to former teams. Dave, now we we discussed uh, recently the methods by which uh, players declared that they would return under their own steam. The yep. former clubs or, or under, you know, former managers. Football Italia report that Mario Balotelli dreams of a return to the Italy squad for the World Cup playoffs in March and admits that he has spoken to Roberto Mancini lately. I'd return from Turkey by foot.
3: <laughs> well, I, um, I've done some research on this. Um, mm-hmm. So Balotelli, unfortunately for him, he is playing in Adana, Turkey, which is actually in the south of the country, quite far away from from Istanbul. Um, but if he was to walk from Adana all the way to the Coverciano Federal Technical Center <laughs> in oh yeah, Florence, good choice for
1: destination. Yeah,
3: yeah that would um, that would take him, according to Google, five hundred seventy-seven hours, a two thousand eight hundred sixty-one kilometer walk, passing through Bulgaria, Serbia, Croatia, uh, and Slovenia before. Making his way down down into Florence in central Italy. Doesn't I guess like it's possible,
2: but they may play one of those teams, which would at least reduce. Good point. <laughs> reduces <laughs> <journey he> <laughs> Like <laughs> <a> Sunday <laughs> league. Yeah, can, yeah. Just, I can just
1: go straight there. I'll yeah, straight I'll meet. There. I'll meet you in Portugal <laughs> if that's
2: all right. <laughs> uh, are,
1: you, uh, are you getting lift? No, I'm going by foot. I'm going by foot. <laughs> yeah, but by foot. It was was something. Very biblical, Charlie. I mean, allowing for translations, which is always always sex up any Italian footballer's quotes. Frankly,
2: yeah, I do. I've had quite a few of them with Paratici and Conte joining Spurs, and it is uh, it is enjoyable seeing those things translated. Yeah, fair play to him. I mean, I don't know how many games he'd have to miss for his club team. Uh, for those timings to align, how long it would take him to get there by foot I and mean, whether he'd get the dispensation to do it. But
1: Imagine imagine the Club v Country row, mm. Dave, as a, as a player. I've so got to leave
2: three weeks before. <laughs> <laughs>
1: 577
3: hours. How many days
1: is that? It's.
2: 577 divided by 24. Uh, that's what? Non stop, what? 24 days. Right, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah that's walking non stop.
1: You'd have to pick him when he gets there, wouldn't you? (laughs) We're going to put you on the bench. Mancini wouldn't. Mancini wouldn't. Or maybe that's the sort of thing Mancini would be impressed by, but um, I think we've analysed that quite enough. Good luck to you, Balotelli. Now, we're all familiar with the chant, You're just a shit, player X. Charlie, which always something of a cheap shot. And also you always get the sense that it's not very well researched. This one it's always off the cuff, isn't it? It's, it's very similar to the you're just a you're just a small town in vague right, geographic yeah. region X, which is never well researched, as we've established before. Mm. But Richard Munro writes in, he says, I was at QPR versus Luton on Friday night. QPR fans were chanting, you're just a shit Jack Grealish to Henry Lansbury. Surely the player who the chant is aimed mm. at has to play in a similar position slash style. To play X in "You're Just a Shit," X can't just be the hairstyle. I think he's on the right track here.
2: Yeah, I think there's a lot to unpack there. Also, because often the joke is that you're saying it would be more to Jack Grealish, "You're Just a Shit," Henry Lansbury, or (laughs) someone who's not. You know,
1: extra level of irony, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Mm.
2: Because otherwise, yeah, you're sort of well. There's an element of truth in it, and the humor comes from. (laughs) (laughs) Almost a a compliment for for, for Henry Yeah, Yeah. really. (laughs) Just to be in the same breath, you know, if I I have half the career that Greenish has had.
1: (laughs) It's actually true. It's actually true. This is really good. Dave, on the aspect of does the player need to play in a similar role, similar position, or is it just a vibe or a look?
3: I I kind of think think you can get away with the vibe. Mm, Because I think... I think you can because, yeah, I don't. Whilst Lansbury and Grealish are, are not similar players in in style, Lansbury's the you know what central central midfielder of, of sorts, isn't he? But I think that that's yeah, that's not the point. It is, I think it is. Yeah, you know, you've got your hair, you've got your hair band, and I don't know whether he's copied the low socks in this latter stage of his career, but I think that's the point.
2: I think it can be either. I mean, I think like either work as. It can be the position, or if they're a similar style of player, or yeah, if if they look like them.
3: No, but if it's not,
2: if if you take right, let's let's imagine that they don't look anything alike.
3: Why would like? No, yeah, I agree. You You could say to anyone, like, well, if they
2: if they look anything alike, if say Cristiano Ronaldo's United are playing at third, a third, a League Two team, and the League Two team have a cult striker, I think it would be legitimate to say. You're just a shit. We've got a, our League Two striker in the yeah. sense that they're both attackers, and it's the humour is just coming from the fact that this guy's not very good. We're talking here about like one of the best players in world football.
3: No, sure, but you wouldn't pick a a random a random attacking player from the championship and just pair him up with a random Premier League player in the same position just because they're in the same position. If there was no obvious, I think visually is the thing, because that's the obvious link.
1: Yeah, I'm getting one round by this. If you pick,
3: say, I don't know, like Bradley Dack of Blackburn Rovers and paired him with Scott McTominay or Fred... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or someone like just you know just a central midfielder from a decent team or just Rodri It's just a shit Rodri Like yeah, do you, didn't what's work the, what's, the, what's the link there has to be something visual I think or yeah. some
1: obvious connection you I need remember. a few more syllables for a start so, yeah. Uh, yeah I mean um, this was the first time I'd ever said Henry Lansbury's name out loud and I'm frankly delighted I did say Henri Henri because mm. there was a huge danger I was going to say Henri <laughs> in my head it was going go on do it but I didn't I didn't And that's the main thing no Richard Munro th- we're going to allow this yeah, in fact in this case it was vibe based and that's fine speaking of Jack Grealish Charlie his love life is none of our business obviously the Sun report the Man City player 26 has had showdown talks with Sasha Atwood 25 over their on-off romance showdown talks (laughs) (laughs) I like to think I like to think that a few months ago he said we'll sit down at the end of the season
2: (laughs) the contract's on the table I'm not even I'm not even thinking about that right now (laughs) Yeah, showdown talks. I mean, who know? I mean, what comes next? Is that is it make or break? Or are they make or break? Are those showdown talks in and of themselves make or break? They might hit a yeah. snag. Will he be able to talk
3: to other people in January with a view to completing a move in the summer?
1: I suspect not much would stop him uh, on the basis of that story. Uh, but as I say, none of our business. Uh, love this one, though, Dave. The Times report that Greece is set to offer Britain the Artemisian bronze. And the golden mask of Agamemnon in a deal to return the Elgin Marbles. Wow, <laughs> a swap, proper swap deal. That's tantalising. That's, that's that's got Britain thinking.
3: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not too up on my sort of ancient Greek uh,
2: artifact history. Um, it's hard to know it, what
1: the what the individual values of our, yeah. those are. To, yeah,
2: who's getting the best deal here? Well, but you know what the problem is here. Both parties are represented by Mino Raiola, so he's going to be the real winner. <laughs> Whatever happens. And, and, that, and this is just so typical of modern yeah. archaeology.
1: <laughs> well, Got a direct,
3: uh, direct line to the head, head honcho at the British Museum.
1: <laughs> um,
3: he turns uh, up for their dinners just wearing his tracksuit, but they, 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 they let yeah. him get away with it. It's okay. <laughs> Big patron.
1: Asked if he would be open to talks on an exchange, Greek Prime Minister Kyriakos Mitsotakis said, We want the sculptures back for good. So we will not settle for a loan. So he's not interested in a in a loan deal at all. He wants no. a permanent move.
2: Was there any like dismissal of offers as derisory? Oh, I and... wish it
1: was. That really would. Have, I would have made the entire episode about this <laughs> if that had happened.
2: But the uh, eye, wa- an eye-watering <laughs> mask of Agamemnon.
1: I mean, yeah, it certainly looks like a good good deal to me. You're getting a a bronze and a mask just to give some marbles back. Uh, I realised... <laughs> I realise I'm being flippant about it. I know they're more significant there. But, um, Charlie, perhaps a situation where a literal war chest might actually be useful.
2: Quite possibly, yeah. I mean, you think if any party was going to have them in the British Museum... Maybe may be able to dig out a war chest but it's, it's going to be fascinating to see how this one develops yeah. see if, if anything else is thrown in and also how much it upsets the balance if the Elgin Marbles were to go back to Greece you know we've seen with Cristiano Ronaldo at United <laughs> it's not always that straightforward it's
1: going to unsettle everybody else yeah
2: the V&A will get involved <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah great stuff
1: really hope that goes through I mean I hope Greece won't be held to ransom Dave over this, and that's the final yeah. piece of transfer analogy <laughs> yeah. I had to use. There we are, Charlie. This one's for you. Fantastic scenes from a Hartlepool United match programme from 1992. This is via Pool's photos and Joe McNaughton. Hartlepool chairman Gary Gibson at the time um, took it upon himself. So angered was he by the player ratings that journalists were giving out, he decided to give journo ratings in the match programme. Oh wow! He said, instead of the local journalists giving marks out of 10, I thought we would award our own marks out of 10 for the journalists' performance this season. Um, I'll give you a selection of his. Um, <laughs> he does them in ascending order, which is quite nice. It really does, uh, really does build and build. First of all, Ray Robertson of the Northern Echo. I don't think Ray's ever been to the Victoria ground. Nevertheless, he is the Northern Echo's Hartlepool man. A respected journalist, but his lack of personal appearances has cost him marks. Five. But the, the great thing about this is it's really done in the player rating style. Great yeah. cadence to it. Really like...
2: Yeah. Exactly yeah, some right early start. promise and some neat touches.
1: Stepping it up now, Mike Spence from the Evening Gazette. A colleague of mine, so to speak, so declaring an interest here, Mike suffers from lack of space. The sports editor really must devote more column inches to Paul if he wants sales to increase in North Cleveland. Consequently, I cannot tell whether Mike is a really good writer or not. I suspect he is. Five. <laughs> Just haven't seen enough of him this season. <laughs> yeah, for only flashes of... <laughs> flashes.
2: <laughs> Let him off the leash.
1: <laughs> wrote too late to make an impact five <laughs> Robert
2: yeah, but he, you know he's more
1: effusive later on uh, Charlie Simon Turnbull from the Northern Echo for my money the best sports journalist in the Northeast a wordsmith who will no doubt go far nine's got yeah. the, he's
2: got the world his hands fingers. So that's a jump. There were ones in between, presumably. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. So right, yeah, a few yeah. fives, few sixes, no sevens or eights, and then straight onto the uh, the big deals. This is perhaps the the zenith of this. Mike Amos of the Northern Echo. Mike is the governor, a beautiful writer with a gentle, mischievous wit. Mike covers sport in general and football in particular in his twice weekly backtrack column, which has unfortunately been interfered with by the general election. If he could play football <laughs> as well as he writes, we would be top of the first division without a doubt. Ten. Wow, Mike Amos, brilliant! What?
2: See, what I, I like about this, <laughs> I thought it was just going to be like really petty, Same. backbiting yeah. Yeah. from the chairman, but he has actually done a proper he, job. Yeah, he's he's really engaged with it and and dished out some brains. He's also, it feels like it's as much his attempt to tell these papers how they should operate. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, an yeah, yeah. element of that, sort of yeah, really sort of. Um, Telling the business how it should operate and um, why did they get rid of the sports column for the general election? Sure there's room for both. Well never the Twain Shall me question. <laughs> Dunno, just just precious column inches. Dave, I, I wonder what he would make of Le Keep's Set of football correspondence, <laughs> or is, is this too meta? Have I just added a, uh, too many layers to this?
3: Yeah, I think so. I'll think get so. I'm not uh, sure Gary Gibson would have been a frequent reader of
1: Licky. No, what is it about Northeast Chairman
0: called Gibson? Mm, yeah. ah. Something to look at. Yeah, something to look at, indeed. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes you can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Oh, look at that. That is wonderful. Brought to your ears by The Athletic. This is Football Clichés.
1: Onto very, very familiar, well-trodden ground for us now, Charlie. We've talked at great length about the that man phenomenon and its variants. Here's a fascinating case study from Match of the Day. This was uh, Newcastle versus Brentford in their uh, in their six-goal thriller. Ivan Tony returning to Newcastle uh, and scoring the equaliser to make it one-one. Uh, this is how that was announced on Match of the Day. A hotel room somewhere in Newcastle. It is bouncing up and down and reverberating. Just at this moment, but he'll be a little concerned because Tony's equalised within what? Sixty seconds. It just had to be, didn't it? So how do we feel? I mean, I don't think it was it was ever going to qualify for a that man situation because he's not in good enough goal scoring no, form no. overall or in or in recent times. But how do you feel about it, it just had to be? He only played four games for Newcastle, yeah. didn't score, and it was six years ago.
3: Exactly. I don't think he had a big enough Spell at the club, you wouldn't associate him with Newcastle in that way. in In the same way that Josh King scored for Man, for Watford mm. against Manchester United, st- obviously started at Man United, but didn't play it. I don't think at all, or, or if so, hardly at all. So I think you need to be an identifiable. It needs to be identifiable sort of spell in your career. I think.
1: But Charlie, there is a twist to this. Okay, he may not have met the threshold to have been significant enough first time around to be a. It just had to be on his return six years later. But can we add a kind of twist to this of kind of the one that got away? Because mm. they let him go and he said that's be really, yeah. really, good. So maybe there is a kind of narrative twist that brings it just had to be back into the equation.
2: The kind of point to prove yeah. element. Yeah, business. Yeah. And I do think his reaction suggested he was... Well aware, I did, of the that's a very really good point.
1: I didn't notice. What did he, he do?
2: Well, he got his badge and kissed it as oh, if to say, "Yeah, wow. hello, I'm yeah. I'm Brentford now." Okay, um, cool. So maybe we're putting too much significance on what we thought. And whilst I have to say, I hadn't made that link before the game. Um, for him, it was significant. So maybe it did have to be him, given how much he seemed pumped up by it.
1: Okay, so uh, yeah, a relatively straightforward case for us to examine so far. But then later on at two-two. As Ali Maxwell writes in it just had to be made a very bizarre return when Ivan Tony cleared off the line Helby takes it gets to it it's not cleared though. goalkeeper comes doesn't get it it's off the line by Ivan Tony it had to be him didn't it <laughs>
3: Dave what do we think well, at least it's consistent with his earlier with his earlier proclamation.
1: Is it adding? Is it adding to the narrative of it? Just had to be. I mean, maybe in tandem they can work together quite well. But in isolation, clearing off the line against your old club, who you only played four times or six years ago, maybe isn't.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I think the two together they do sort of work.
1: Because Charlie, if we, if we. You know, we're well familiar with um, you know, like a big striker coming back and doing some defending. It's just, who's back there? Only Didier
2: Drogba. <laughs> yeah.
1: so, stuff like that. So in that respect, it kind of works. It's got its foot in the door.
2: Uh, yeah, and I guess the commentator almost feels that anything significant kind of had to be him. <laughs> what have you got that, sent off? <laughs> that seems to be the inference. Even that, it had to be him because... <laughs> yeah. Then you know, if any player's going to do anything, the biggest narrative, the most interesting thing, is that it's Ivan Tony. If, if we're all buying people. the fact of all people, of all people exactly. He's <laughs> just not.
1: I mean, he's an incredibly good player, and he's obviously a very visible player because of where he plays. But he's not. He's not a big character. He's not a controversial character. It's not like Mitrovic coming back with Fulham. For example, I just I just feel like it it doesn't quite meet the threshold in uh, certainly in, in
2: either incident nor combined, Charlie. I guess the question is the extent to which Newcastle fans are really aware of this. <laughs> I guess if they like if it, I, I, I must admit, I don't know if he is someone for whom fans pine after and think, oh, you know, why did we let Ivan maybe, Tony go? Maybe. And if they do, then, yeah, him coming back and scoring and clearing off the line. Well, they to, love a to, number nine up there. They, it's like a religion up there, number, <laughs> <laughs> number nines. Um, and he's then depriving them of a goal. Then maybe it did have to oh, be him because so then, then they're going to be discussing it on the way, like, oh, just, you know, we were just just as we were getting over Ivan Tony. Mm. He comes <laughs> and uh, he comes years. and does that.
1: Reopening old wounds. Okay, well, Newcastle Newcastle have much bigger problems than this, Dave, because uh, they are now bottom of the Premier League table. But mm. as Guy Fraser asks, are they adrift? How many points equals adrift? Um, now, mm. my first observation on this, Dave, is that Newcastle probably aren't adrift. Yet yeah, they're two points behind Norwich, who are 19th, and they're five points from safety. So I don't think in either context are they adrift. Would you agree? I would agree, yeah. Definitely. And I think, for me, adrift... It's a very evocative word, isn't it?
3: Adrift can be be from 17th or 19th, I think, depending... Because you could have all three Mm. teams adrift, in a way. I think you could be collectively adrift. I don't think... Can you be adrift in 17th? So, like, Newcastle (laughs) Newcastle could be adrift, even though they might be close to Norwich in 19th. They could be adrift of safety. I think ultimately safety is the thing that you're obviously you're searching for. And a you know, just the very expression, a drift is what, you know, out at sea. Out uh, on your you, own. You need, you need to sea. be rescued out exactly on your own, potentially not even not even a piece of driftwood
1: in sight. Yeah. Charlie, I'm, I'm not happy about this. I'm not happy about this. I think you can be a drift at the bottom of the table from anybody else, but I don't think you can be a drift of safety. Right. If you're close mm. if you're close enough to the team above you, you're not adrift. But you can I would I would accept, but, Dave, that the the bottom three could collectively be adrift. Yeah, I think that's yeah.
2: I, I I think you can say, you know, with Leeds' recent form, the bottom three are, incre- are are increasingly being cut adrift. I think that's legitimate to say. They're threatening, as a th- threatening to as become adrift. As- yeah, I think as a three they are, because then because whether they're close to one another is is sort of meaningless. Yeah, you know they, maybe. you know they can leapfrog each other, but who cares? It's the safety, that life raft. It's true. It's seventeenth. You know yeah. that's what they're. It's like if you're, if, you know, if three of you are swimming round together, desperate for a life raft. It doesn't really help if you've got each other. Mm. You Just need that raft <laughs> to be to be brutal. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like Titanic, isn't it? At the end of Titanic. Exactly. Mm. But uh, but I think in this specific instance, no, they're not. Um,
1: They're not at that point, yeah. Okay, fine. So what is, Dave, the minimum threshold for a drift? And no matter how you define it on a technical level, I'm saying six points, like two wins plus goal difference. I think even maybe longer than that because if you're... People look
3: people forget about that crucial point as you just said, the the potential for wins. Because if you look at six points, you might think, Oh, six points, that's you know, it looks mm. like a big gap on the table. It's just two but wins. All of a sudden, but if you just win once, then you're only three points. Oh, and yeah. You're right back yeah. in it. Yep. So I think you need I would say I'm I'm saying sort of eight or nine points for me. Would you take seven plus a big goal difference difference? Yeah, the goal difference is like an extra point. This is like Britain and Greece. Yeah. But I, I still think, I still think cause if it's seven down to four, four gives you a bit of hope. Mm, I, it's yeah. close. Four is basically
1: three, isn't it? Yeah.
3: So yeah. I'm, I'm saying, I'm, I'm going to say nine points.
2: Okay. But that's why as well, I think the that's why it is quite a good caveat, The they're increasingly at risk of being cut adrift because that's leaving yourself a little bit of wiggle room for the fact that they could, if they arrest the decline soon, they're not, but they're getting dangerously close to cut adrift territory. Mm.
1: And of course, uh, the longer it goes that the bottom three don't, get cut adrift the danger increases of someone getting sucked into it, sucked into the relegation battle. Um, just one of those things that people say, but it, it's a little bit like people say, well, it's looking like, it's looking like 41 points this season. The How? How do you time. know? <laughs> How do you know this? What calculations have be, you made? No, yeah. you're just saying it. It right, looks like 41 points to me this season. It's going to be enough to stay up.
2: Increasingly as well, there's been a thing about teams sleepwalking their way to relegation. <laughs> and I feel this is quite a modern phenomenon, but it's the team that's sort of been bobbing around. Only like one team can do
1: that if, per season, I think.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 exactly. And there aren't that many examples Who's of doing it in that? Premier League history. Burnley, I think, uh-huh. because no, they're in no, the bottom no. three. They're in the bottom three. But they're there already. I think the Seatwalking walking is more a team that has done... Like Southampton last season, they were a team yeah, at the okay. top in about November. And then all of a sudden, in March or April... Okay. They're actually seven points above. They, if they're not careful, they are going to sleepwalk to relegation. Uh, but I, I see what you mean. Yeah, I take that
3: example. But I, it, the sleepwalking thing can be over multiple seasons. So, that you know, they're just always down uh, there. They're just what? sleepwalking their way. You know, like Sunderland. Like Sun- How could a Watford is- fan know so
1: little about the culture of relegation? This is <laughs> no, actually no, sensational. And you can Sunderland sleepwalk across seasons.
3: Uh, yeah, you can because no. you're, just, you're not waking up.
1: No, you're- no, no you just looking towards there. something and that's relegation. And I would say that sleepwalking towards relegation is like it's like a team who don't have the stomach for the fight. They're a footballing team, but they're not winning. So they're kind of in denial about the situation they're in. That's to me what sleepwalking towards relegation is. Yeah,
3: but I think if you're sleepwalking, the a team like Sunderland could have they were sleepwalking, but they kept waking up just in time. But eventually they're going to sleepwalk and they're going to walk into the middle of the road and get run over.
1: Uh- OK, <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's I think that's not it's, sleepwalking it... across several seasons. That's different incidents of sleepwalking self-contained, surely. <laughs> you, you can't say that they con- you can't. You
2: can't. They, they, they've been asleep for that long. No, I, I know what you mean. I think that is a that is a thing. And yes, yeah, Sunderland is is an example of that. And you could say Burnley now. But yeah, I think it is more that that Southampton last season. And, and I think the issue what people are saying is with Southampton last season or or this season, who knows who it will be in the second half. Maybe Palace will go on a bad run and, you know, after a loss, we can save the seven points off. It's that sense that they, they need to become alive to this. Mm, they need to wake whilst... up and realise they're in a scrap here. They're in a scrap, exactly. <laughs> I'm, they... I feel like Charlie <laughs> Um But no,
1: Southampton are very sleepwalky. Derby in the Championship, I've, they're adrift, right? I mean artificially so because of the points deductions but they're 15 points from safety and 11 points away from the team above them in 23rd so they're adrift, that's fair to say but that's an extreme case
3: completely lost at sea, they are cast away
0: This episode is supported by Season 3 of FX's Welcome to Wrexham Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' Small Town Welsh Football Club has finally been promoted into League 2 after 15 seasons in the National League Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher division. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenges and rise again into League One? FX is welcome to Wrexham. Catch all new episodes Thursdays on FX. Stream on Hulu. Brought to your ears by The Athletic. This is Football Clichés.
1: OK, uh, moving on. This is from the Etihad on Sunday. Uh, a case of stadium announcers perhaps going above and beyond, Charlie. This is from George Gompertz, who says, to be fair, it was a belter, but can we really forgive this?
0: And had the Nat not got in the way, that would still be travelling. Well, I think he's
3: been the best player on the pitch so far, Rodri.
1: For now, all four, um, all four teams trying to stamp their own mark on this sort of thing. But stadium announcers describing the goal and mm. reacting differently to different qualities of goal—how do you feel? Shouldn't get involved. It's a slippery
3: slope, hmm. dangerous precedent.
2: <laughs> yeah, we, you know, we, we love the enthusiasm, of course we do. But you know, do we want them? Do we want the passing judgment on goals? I
1: mean, it, yeah. As Charlie says, Dave, this opens a Pandora's box of stadium announcements because, yeah. you know, a lot of Man City goals are, you know, are tap-ins from cutbacks. Mm. And know. it's another <laughs> tap-in at the back post, but, well, they all count. <laughs> the simplest of
0: tasks
1: for Gabriel <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> if a stadium announcer ever said simplest of tasks, I'm hanging up my microphone because um, that really would be the end. Um, but... I- as it stands, Charlie, if we keep it at this sort of level, we're okay, do you think?
2: Big goals. Just deserve. just about, yeah, yeah. I mean... You're not Soccer Saturday, mate. You know, just do yeah. your job. Do your job! <laughs> yeah, just vote. Just, yeah, exactly. Just get the basics right. Agreed. Then maybe.
1: Agreed. Um, Elsewhere at the Etihad, Isaac has pointed me towards some very confused commentary on Radio 5 Live, Dave. This was Rob Green and John Murray trying to thrash out just how relaxed Manchester City were looking. It's been brilliant at times in patches
2: and realistically, I was just wondering what gear were you would reckon they'd be in to win this game at 2-0? It's, it's kind of, they've not been at full throttle, have they?
0: How many gears have you got? Oh, mine's a five. You're I probably, <laughs> only five? I thought, I thought you'd have seven or eight in yours. I would say... In a in a conventional five gear car, it's been about fourth gear, hasn't it? If okay. that,
2: I'd, I'd I'd have said a three. Yeah.
0: If you could have a th- three and a half gear, that's what they'd be in. Here's Bernardo Silva. <laughs>
1: Now, lots to unpick here first, mm. Dave. I mean,
3: far far be it from us to uh, to to to, to criticise an overly yeah. analysed, overly literal <laughs> metaphor. But no, yeah. no, I was, I mean,
1: my heart was hugely <laughs> warm to be applauded. <laughs> um, uh, let let's take the easy, the lowest hanging fruit first of all. Really nice, Dave, to see some uh, car related banter between commentator and co-commentator going the right direction as well the 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 inference that rob green as a former footballer, had an Mm. eight gear car have
3: some sort of maserati or (laughs) something yeah 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 i've seen what you drive yeah yeah Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly (laughs) so that was that was bang on perfectly textbook but but as for the wider debate dave i mean i feel like fourth gear should never appear in the conversation Mm. fourth gear is a good gear to be in yeah that's cruising that's like that's really good but cruising I'm quite, in a spectacular
3: way. I'm quite glad we we're, we're getting into this because the gears thing, I suppose maybe is uh, I'm a non-driver, so I'm a bit detached from this. But I do find that we ne- we do need to adjudicate on the on the what gears mm. mean what because it's so it does. There doesn't seem to be a fixed sort of standard to me. It's have they you know they've only just got out of first gear. they have not got out first gear today. They're in top gear, fifth gear, third gear. But you never hear
2: fourth or fifth gear. Never really. fourth. Yeah, never. never fourth. I also don't think you'd hear fifth because I think you only. Yeah, you might say you might say they never really got into Top Gear. You mm. never. You'd only. Mm. You'd only talk about it about a sluggish team or yeah. about a team that when this team had only Top
1: Gear. They are
2: exactly. Yeah, or, or they it. didn't. Yeah. They, they, they didn't even need to hit Top Gear. Abs- you know, that's they,
3: That's it, isn't it? You hear that more often. It's. Yeah, it, it was a bit closer there, but City had a few They had, they could easily no have gears. stepped through the gears if they wanted the, to. Gear.
1: I wonder if the problem with fourth gear, Charlie, is that it's a little bit like saying a four star performance when when a team wins four mm. nil. It, mm. it's, it's like <laughs> it's basically wrong, and it doesn't reflect the uh, commanding nature of the of the win. So fourth gear is almost redundant because yeah. it's very hard the, to squeeze into uh, an analogy for a team's performance.
2: It's just a very weird, I can't really...
1: Playing really well, being all over a team in an effortless kind of way, but still only winning 2-0, is that fourth gear? Yeah, I guess. But then scoring it goals just... shouldn't be the gear. It's the it's the nature of the performance, right?
2: It, yeah, it's how mm-hmm. sort of engaged you are and how pumped up and that sort of thing. Um, I just don't think you'd use that analogy for that kind of performance. There'd probably be other things there, wouldn't there?
3: And you, But also, you, you said there it's about cruising. The yeah, so the uh, the idea of being in fifth gear, it would be assuming you know you're... you're you're sort of as fast as you can go on a motorway or whatever, you're cruising along, you're in fifth gear, which doesn't always translate to what we're talking about in terms of football, like a cruising performance would often be talked about as not getting up to fifth gear. Yeah, fifth gear isn't that big a deal. (laughs) But I can sort of see Gary Neville like in the first 10 minutes going, oh, City are going through the gears here.
1: Yeah, going through the gears very much a thing yeah yeah very honestly this is my official adjudication on how gears should be used in football first gear teams are never in first gear but you can they say that they, out they, of they barely got out of first yeah. gear uh, i think you can say the same about second gear and at a push you could say well they barely got out of third gear today third gear is probably the maximum gear you can be in because other after that it's just top gear but you but mm. and this is where the language gets a little bit more creative so First, second, and third gear are the only gears you can really have. Fourth gear, as we've established, does not exist in football. Fifth gear is just top gear. But, Charlie, you can have another gear. Yeah. I think they just—they need to find another gear here. Yeah,
2: they've got another gear. Yeah. They've got another gear if they want it. You just, I mean, you
1: just sense they've got another gear here.
2: There, there's the thing as well of stalling, which oh. is used obviously on a, on a kind of macro level, but, you know, a, a title charge... Can Careers, stall. Can stall. Careers can still Talks can stall. Them.
1: So that's that's like a moped, isn't it? The bike,
2: a dirt bike. You can kickstart a car, maybe. Can you? Jumpstart. <laughs> jumpstart. Jump it? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You can't um, jumpstart anything in football, can you? You can't jump. No. No. Uh, no, no, it's just kickstart. No, I think that no. would be
3: not not without an investigation from uh, you know you find yourself in in cash pretty quickly. I think. If you yeah. jump started <laughs> Are you? What is this a doping thing? Is that what you suggested? Or just a general underhanded? Oh right. oh, oh an injection of cash. Te- yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, financial fair play. What about cruise control?
2: Cruise control, I like. Yeah, yeah. you can be in cruise control.
1: You can use cruise control if Tony Cruz has scored the goal to put a team ahead at <laughs> halftime. In a game on Sky. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cruise control going into the adverts. Anything more to say about the
2: gears? Used about to gears, cars. In but it is a big thing. I mean, like car, car, cars, and foot... it's such a big overlap it, in the driving seat. Yeah, Rolls Royce. Rolls Royce. Mm. Uh, he's been a passenger. There's lots of um, take the handbrake off. Oh, of course. The name of one of the Athletic's stable of podcasts. Oh, I mean, it's it, it must uh, up there. It must be up there with things like golf and boxing. Car crash. Kind of car crash, yep yeah, for most, uh, most analogies. Put the skids
1: on. <laughs> that feels so old-fashioned. It feels like, you should, yeah, put the skids on. What does that mean? What does put the skids on mean? What context are you using it? On someone's title charge?
2: Yeah, put the skids on their title charge. So it's kind of <laughs> checking their momentum. So I guess it's like putting a banana skin, or another, another road-based. Uh... What? That's Mario
1: Kart. That's not road. That's not real cars. Yeah,
2: Mario Kart is on a road. It, it, a potential banana you skin. You're, you're gonna you're gonna s- drive and slip on a banana skin.
1: Uh, I mean, you know, after all of this, the fact that we just got to use the phrase "put the skids on." in a serious context and talk like a newspaper is just frankly wonderful. (laughs) This podcast really is a blessing sometimes. Some might think this next item mundane. I feel that's an important technical point. Games in hand, Dave. Nick Martin writes in and says, I heard on 5 Live Sport, not to pick on them today, Manchester City versus Everton being described as City's game in hand over Chelsea and Liverpool. Can we please put to bed the notion that any game later in the same round of fixtures can ever be described this way? Open and shut case this, isn't it?
3: Completely. Not a game in hand at all.
1: No. Nick Martin really wants to clarify this. He says only an actual postponement until a date qualitatively later than that of a Friday-Monday weekend or a Tuesday-Thursday midweek time slot renders the game to be in hand. Thoughts welcome as long as they are in agreement with mine. Thank you. He's, yeah. I mean, he's, he's bang on, isn't he? He's completely. Because you, what you need is for the weekend's
3: games to be over, the league table to be looked at uh-huh. at the end of Monday Night Football and there to be a team you know in the title race that is maybe behind but of course they have played one less they do have that game in hand to come yeah yeah exactly you know it shouldn't ever be referred to as a game in hand but you can talk about the dynamics of playing what?
2: at different times no, in the weekend yeah yes.
1: sorry and yes. um, the, the phrase you use instead of game in hand is that yeah they yeah of course they've still got the visit to visit of Chelsea to come
2: they're, they're second but they have played a game less that's acceptable because that's just factual or they're top but they they played a game more than their rivals. If you're a bit too on, close
1: to game in hand territory to me. But on Saturday yeah.
2: night you I think you have to give on match of the day and this you know at the end of it you're saying and look they're, they're second. Yeah, sure you know they they they've played a game more. I think you have to acknowledge that.
3: No, I think you I think you would say but of course City do play tomorrow.
2: You know, yeah, we still, still
3: to, City are still to play this weekend
1: Chelsea six points clear of course but City are still in injury time at home to Everton and uh, of course three minutes left there and uh, they still have that in hand doesn't work you've got you to be <laughs> fundamental about this got to be absolutely fundamental about it so uh, yeah game in, games in hand nailed down. I want to finish with some Solskjaer-related chat because his departure from Manchester United, Charlie, has opened up a debate about what counts as caretaker and what counts as an interim manager because Manchester United have kind of created this kind of Russian doll situation with their managers. Mm. Michael Carrick is in as what they're officially terming an interim Role, But that's just a fancy word for caretaker, isn't it? Because caretakers, as much as we throw it around, it's never going to be an official word for a manager.
2: No, and I wonder if it ever was, because there is something that feels quite is sort it of ever school in care-
1: sc- It would ever appear in a caption underneath someone's face. Oh, immunity. I think it
2: would have done. Well, yeah. I think it would have done back then, but I don't know if the clubs themselves, in their kind of communicado... Like a serious official, way now, yes. Yeah, I don't know. But maybe back then, when things were taken a little less seriously, they might have done. Do you think they would ever um, capitalise caretaker? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> caretaker head coach all three words capitalized yeah i think interim is just a more self-important modern way of of describing this
1: but i think there's a more technical level we can go to here dave carrick is in essence the caretaker he is he is holding the job until they get someone in for a specified period either permanently or indeed as Mm. an interim an interim manager is someone who is hired for a defined period A discrete period of time, usually until the end of the season. And he knows it, just like Rafa Benitez was at Chelsea.
2: Oh, David Pleat at uh, Spurs in 2003. Yeah,
3: yeah, it's defined, isn't it? An Interim is more defined. It's more official. Yeah. It's more business-like. It's more sort of corporate speak, isn't it? Whereas caretaker, you just think of the bloke... Who lived in lived in that weird house in in your school playground? Didn't you? That's what I always think of when I think of a caretaker, like Tony Parks having a little house in Ewood Park.
2: Tony Parks is immediately where my mind <laughs> yeah. went. Mm, the ultimate caretaker, the ultimate with a big caretaker. set of keys. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Do anything. Les, mine was cool. I always think of Les as well. Yeah, it's
1: very very caretakery name, mm. isn't it? Yeah, I can't think of a more Kettering yeah.
2: game than Les Les is spot on
1: yeah anyway um, fantastic episode of Cliché today Bargain Hunt chat Mario Bellatelli returning to Italy by foot the precise definition of you're just a shit player X ancient Greek swap deals journo ratings Charlie I bet you're worried about Daniel Levy publishing
2: yeah I would love I would love to see that Alistair Gold getting 10 you know but that's the sort of thing where if you did get a high one you'd then be like well it shows I'm not uh, I'm not doing my job well if I'm uh, if I'm not upsetting the powers that be I- <laughs>
1: I love, I love the idea of this. I'd love to see more of it in the in the modern day. Uh, that man, Ivan Tony, teams being adrift, stadium announcers going above and beyond. Uh, a very, very long debate about the gears on cars, Dave. Enjoyed that. What a highlight of the episode for me. Yeah, very yeah. good. Yeah, uh, we got an episode in hand. That is, we have one coming up. And uh, <laughs> thanks to you both for joining
2: us. Cheers, Dave. Thank you. Thanks to you, Charlie. Thank you. Football Weekly have played a game less, so <laughs> let's just bear that in mind. <laughs>
1: uh,
2: we'll see everyone later in the week. Bye-bye. <laughs> The Athletic.